This podcast is supported by Understood Explains. As parents, we are often having to figure out things as we go, and that is very true for our children's education. And to help you out, I want to tell you about a podcast called Understood Explains. This season is hosted by teacher and special education expert, Juliana Ortube, and she discusses all the things you'd want to know about individual education plans, or IEPs, what they are, why they're needed, who benefits from them, and what to expect when you have meetings with teachers. I could have really used this podcast when my son had an IEP for speech when he was six. I was overwhelmed trying to understand the process and what everything meant. The episode on Understood Explains, Does My Child Need an IEP?, was the kind of info that would have really helped me get the most out of the educational support of the IEP for my son. And if you need that kind of support, I really recommend this podcast. To listen to Understood Explains, search for Understood Explains in your podcast app. That's Understood Explains. Welcome to Mom in Mind, a podcast about maternal mental health from conception, pregnancy, to birth and postpartum. Real stories from moms and family members who've made it from struggling to wellness, and interviews with experts and advocates who work for moms and families to get the help they need. We discuss very real struggles that can sometimes be hard to hear, but these are stories that need to be told so that moms and families can know that healing is possible. This podcast is meant to offer information and awareness and is not a replacement for treatment by a professional or professional training. Thank you for being with us today. Welcome back to Mom in Mind. I'm your host, Dr. Kat. In this episode, we're having a really necessary and great discussion with Graham Seabrook. She is going to be sharing with us her perspective and her work with helping mothers recover after recovery. I just really love the conversation we have here. We talk about stabilization after the difficulty of the intensity of a perinatal mental health issue kind of passes and what the process looks like afterwards and building resilience. It's a really necessary part of our continued discussions around perinatal mental health that once the kind of crisis is over, there's still stuff to attend to. And Graham so eloquently puts all of this out there with all of her passion for mothers. So I'm really excited to bring this to you. Graham is a motherhood life coach whose approach to coaching is based on the belief that you must be a priority in your own life in order to thrive. Following a traumatizing birth experience that left her with PTSD and surviving postpartum depression and anxiety, Graham began a healing journey as a mother and a woman. That healing journey led her to train as a life coach and to create spaces where mothers can come to be witnessed, nurtured, inspired, and supported so that they can integrate motherhood with personhood and not the other way around. She does this work because she believes we are living in a global culture that treats mothers as if we are inhuman and expect us to be superhuman. Graham's work is dedicated to helping mothers reclaim their humanity. So without further ado, let's hear from Graham. Welcome, Graham. Thanks so much for coming back with us. Thank you for having me. Yeah, absolutely. I'm so excited to share with everybody about your current work and really the work and the concept behind the work that you're doing now. It's so, so, so important. I mean, we talk here a lot about being in the depths of of pain and, and moving through it. And I really love that you're bringing this other perspective about, you know, what happens after that. 
So thank you so much for coming on and for sharing with us today. I look forward to sharing this with everybody. Oh, thanks. Yeah. I mean, part of why I'm doing this is that we are starting to have more conversations about what happens when you're in it. And by Mm -hmm. it, I mean, you know, depression or anxiety or OCD or psychosis or like like when you're in down at the bottom of the hole, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. We're starting to get traction on that. People are starting to have those conversations. Even like celebrities are starting to have those conversations. It's super exciting. But I know a lot of moms who are two, three, four, five years out now. Right. (laughs) Out of the hole, dug themselves out of the hole or had people help them out of the hole. A lot of these moms have turned around to help the mothers behind them. Right? Totally. Like, mm-hmm. There is so much awesome stuff happening. Yeah. And at the same time as they're doing all of that, they'll have one bad day and be terrified for two weeks. Mm-hmm. They're sick again. Right. You know? Yeah. Or I know I saw it in myself. What happened to me was every time I got physically ill, a cold, the flu, mm-hmm. the worst was when I had pneumonia and ended up in the hospital. Oh no. It was terrible. It was not fun. I don't recommend it. Like no. guys, nobody, you shouldn't do that. It's not, right. it's not a good way to have a vacation. No. <laughs> but I remember I was admitted the same day that it was like my usual therapy appointment. And I just asked my therapist if we could talk on the phone. And she said, sure. Cause she's wonderful. And I remember telling her, I hate the way this feels. And she said, well, of course you do. You're, you know, you're sick. You have pneumonia. It's not going to feel good. Right. And I was like, no, 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 no. It feels like depression. Yeah. Like for me, the fatigue, the mm-hmm. body aches, the not mm-hmm. feeling like I couldn't get a full breath. Right. All of those things felt like what depression had felt like for me. Cause I went through depression. I had a lot of physical symptoms. Okay. Right. So then some life, the stuff comes up and it kind of triggers or brings up these other feelings from the past. Oh yeah. And it was three mm-hmm. years later. Mm-hmm. I wasn't on medication anymore. Mm-hmm. I was seeing my therapist every other week. Mm-hmm. I was well, outside looking in and even living it on the inside my day-to-day life. I was really healthy, like mm-hmm. taking really good care of myself, mentally taking really good care of myself and physically mm-hmm. not as much because pneumonia. But, oh, right. <laughs> but you know, this wasn't like, oh, she's still sick kind of mm-hmm. stuff. Right, right, right. Yeah, this is like years later and mm-hmm. it, it doesn't... When I started looking around for somebody to talk to about it, I didn't really see anything. Like we don't mm-hmm. really talk mm-hmm. about this, about how your life may be changed right. for years, decades kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Right. So you're out of the main storm of it all and potentially just on the outskirts of the storm or years past where you're having some really good days, weeks, months. Mm-hmm. And what happens when you don't feel well? Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, that's a big, big, big deal. And just, you know, I resonate with what you were saying, you know, even my own experience after having gotten out of the depths of everything, having that bad day, having a bad week and feeling like, oh my God, no, this can't happen again. It can't be this again. Yeah. Even when you know, logically, you know, yeah. this is just a bad day. Even when you can connect it to a very specific thing that happened, mm-hmm. like I am upset because of X, Y, or Z. And you know that it's not just generalized Mm -hmm. anxiety or depression. You know, you know, that doesn't seem to help. Uh, (laughs) Like the fear is still there. The fear still pops up. Mm -hmm. And then also that the guilt 
I carried that for way too long, way mm-hmm. longer than mm-hmm. I needed. Now that I've put it down, I realize yeah. how heavy it was and right. how long I was carrying it. And the pressure to be the perfect mother to somehow make up. You can't see me, but I'm doing air quotes. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I can feel it. I can feel it. <laughs> somehow like make up for what I put my family through. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, there's all of this stuff that like hits us, I think, afterwards. Because that doesn't, yeah. I wasn't thinking those thoughts when I was really, really sick, when I was really, you know, having panic attacks every day and all of that right. stuff, you know, I was just trying to live. But mm-hmm. as I got better and as I got healthier, that is when everything else set in of like, no, now I have to be the perfect Pinterest mom. Oh, no. Because that's the only way to make it worth it. No. This podcast is supported by Starglow Media's Mysteries About True Histories. From the creators of the hit top-ranking kids educational podcast in the world, Who Smarted, the Emmy-nominated Nat Geo Disney Plus's Brain Games and Netflix's Brainchild, comes Mysteries About True Histories, affectionately known as M-A-T-H, or math, in which kids ages six and up can hear humorous and educational stories that follow two best friends, Max and Molly, while they go on adventures through time, solving puzzles, hidden equations, talking about history, and making learning cool. Episodes transport listeners to moments in history like Pythagoras's ancient Greece, the era of the Aztecs, Sir Isaac Newton's England, and more. When I drive my son to school in the morning, we listen to these episodes that fit perfectly in our commute, with the episodes being about 15 minutes long. And this podcast is right up my son's alley because he loves to solve problems and happens to love math and the types of punny jokes that Max likes to tell. So tune in to Mysteries About True Histories with your kids. You can follow and listen on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your pods. Well, hey there, Busy Mama. Are you looking for ways to make your life easier, your home less chaotic, and at the same time, add more joy to your life? My name is Deanna Yates, and I'm the host of Wanna Be Clutter Free, a podcast all about letting go of the stuff we don't need in our lives so that we can focus on what truly matters. Don't worry, I'm not going to tell you to throw it all away or make you feel guilty about keeping something you love, no matter how many other people don't quite understand it. But I will give you practical and more importantly, actionable advice so that you can make progress right away. And you won't just hear it from me. There are amazing guests too. It's like having your bestie in your pocket, telling you it's okay to let go of the things that are not serving you and your family in a totally non-judgmental way. So join me over on the podcast where we can work on progress over perfection for those of us that want to be clutter-free. Yeah, to make up for these months, almost a year. And that's just ridiculous. That's not true. You know, it's not at all true. Yeah. Yeah. Oh man, this is, I know is resonating for so many people as they listen to this, people who have made it through themselves and, you know, resonating for me as you're talking about it, kind of all these visuals I have in my mind is like, you know, when the storm passes, there's all this sort of cleanup to do and readjusting and putting things back together. And what does that look like? And how do you do it? And gosh, all of what you were describing, that need for perfection is still there or the drive to do it or to make up the guilt. Oh gosh. What I also hear is resentment from what happened and mm-hmm. kind of holding on to that resentment for a while. Yeah. Do you, do you see that too? Like, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I mean, that totally makes sense, right? All of these mm-hmm. things mm-hmm. make sense. They're all coming from a place where like, once you really look at it, you're like, oh, well, of course I felt like that. Of mm-hmm. course I did. 
and of course I was angry. There was some really crappy stuff that happened to me. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. Yes, I have an absolute right to be angry about that. Mm-hmm. But yeah. carrying that anger for years and years and years and letting that anger sit and fester and turn toxic, mm-hmm. there's a difference between me using the pain and the anger from what I went through as a catalyst for advocacy and as a way of giving me energy to tell my story and do this work, that's totally different from letting it turn inward and mm-hmm. sit and fester and just right. like feeding it. And mm-hmm. yeah. then it becomes, you know, it can eat you up. It really can. Right. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Yeah, that absolutely happens so often. I guess the, I don't know how to say this, but the phrase that you've sort of coined with this in terms of how you view the process of recovering from recovery, I just love that. It encapsulates so much of what you're talking about and what people go through. I totally stole it. Graham, you're supposed to just take credit. No, I can't. I can't. Okay. <laughs> Just I'm an amazing person that I love. Kate Kripke mm. is an absolutely yes. fabulous, amazing therapist. And yeah, she helped me so much. Oh, great. And she said, she was speaking once and she said, your job as survivors now is to recover from your recovery period. Yeah. And I was like, my head flew off. It right, just, right, right. I was like, oh my God, that is, that's it, that's the thing, that's, that's yes. what I haven't done yet, you know, and it was like the skies parting and the sun mm-hmm. coming down and all that cheesy stuff, and that is really what led me on this journey, like, I went back to my therapist and was like, this is what I need to do, Right, right. <laughs> you have to help me, you have to help me, like, this is our next mm-hmm. step, this is, you know, mm-hmm. the work that is left. Absolutely. And she steered me towards a, a lot of information that was mostly on resiliency, mm-hmm. believe it or not, like just bouncing back from trauma in general. Yeah. And that was like the next rabbit hole that I went down. Oh gosh. Yeah. You can get really sucked in there. <laughs> you can, yeah. But there's so much in there about resilience and building yourself back up, but using the strengths that you already have. I mean, mm-hmm. I think so many people feel depleted from going through postpartum depression, anxiety, OCD, PTSD, all the things, Mm -hmm. you are absolutely depleted. And by the time you get out of the intensity, this like stabilization period, the road to wellness or consistent wellness anyways, more consistent than not because, you know, we're human and and some days are bad. It takes some time and it's really hard to wait for that, to wait to get to that point where you're like better more days than not. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I, yeah, I remember when it was really bad, all I wanted to know was when it was going to get better, mm-hmm. you know? So yeah, the waiting part of when is this going to be over mm-hmm. kind of thing. And then as I started getting better, I realized that in one way or another, never going to be over for me. Mm-hmm. And I don't know that that's true for everyone. I do know, I do have friends who consider themselves a hundred percent fully healed. They're doing great. They have no issues. They have recovered from their recovery. They're done. It's, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. I don't know that I'm ever going to be there. I Mm -hmm. think I'm always just 
for me in my life, I think I'm always just going to be a little more fragile and a, mm-hmm. a little more vulnerable and in some other ways, way stronger. But I think there's right. always going to be these little cracks for me. So yeah, I absolutely. like it's now about like, I want to fill in those cracks with something that's flexible enough mm-hmm. that allows me to live my life without breaking. Right. Absolutely. And when there's some like cropping up or resurgence of some kind of symptom, it doesn't feel like you're going to break. Yes, entirely. Yeah. 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 Even for me, like I have clients who have intrusive thoughts and really difficult OCD related intrusive thoughts. So they'll ask me, I'm fairly open about my experience and they'll ask me like, do you still have intrusive thoughts? And I'm like, yeah, I do. But I know that they come when I'm tired. I know that they come when I'm stressed out. And also when they come, I know that it's not about me. It's about my stress. And that's like when you're talking about recovering from recovery, that's how I am relating to it in my, mm-hmm. with my own process is like things still happen, but they don't affect you the same way. You manage right. them in a different way. You cope. Is that mm-hmm. kind of part of what exactly. you're working? Okay. So using the intrusive thought example so that the intrusive thoughts come in and so that after you've breathed your way through them, after you've dealt with the actual thought in whatever way works for you as an individual, that you're sitting there going, okay, have I slept? Right. Have I eaten? Right. Where's the stress? Have I been drinking water? What's the trick? Or if you know mm-hmm. that there's a very specific trigger and, and it's always sleep or it's mm-hmm. always, mm-hmm. always, you know, so that instead of going into that, oh God, this is never going to end. I'm going back there. I'm going to lose everything. You know, instead of going into that spiral, right, right. you go into your checklist of, all right, what's going on that I mm-hmm. haven't been paying attention to? Mm-hmm. What do I need to do to pay attention to it? Mm-hmm. Like, okay, I haven't been sleeping. What do we need to do about that? Right. You know, it's right. A, so it still happens, but your experience of it is totally different. Mm-hmm. Yes, I love that. Yeah, and I really hope that, people can hear that, especially people who are kind of still in the trenches, kind of dealing with the intensity of it, that, you know, I think you said something a little bit earlier that like, when is this going to be over? Mm -hmm. That there is a process. It doesn't just one day you wake up and you're done. There's a process of healing, just the same way that like, if you were to break your leg, it would take you a while to be able to run on it again. The recovering from recovery that you're talking about is all of that kind of fine tuning afterwards. Mm -hmm. That's what it sounds like to me. Yes. Yeah, it really is. And I think I'm really glad that I went down that resiliency rabbit hole. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like the 10 million books and 10 talks and all of that. <laughs> right, right. Oh my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I went hard. I went uh, hard. I went yeah, yeah, yeah. And talks and it's like, it's a, it's a mess. Um, mm-hmm. My bookshelf just looks like, what? <laughs> <laughs> it's been really helpful because in almost every one of those things, there was something that I could pull out, right? Mm-hmm. There was some nugget that I was like, oh, this is why I picked up this book. This is what I needed to learn from this TED Talk. This is what I needed to know from this podcast. So if somebody doesn't get anything else out of our conversation, if that's the nugget that they can pull out of it, right, mm-hmm. that, that this is a process and that they are not wrong or bad for having taken however long it takes them to move through the process. But yeah, I think that's worth it. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I really hope that people can hear that. So just to kind of encapsulate your view, 
How do you explain to people the process of recovering from recovery? It is when you have made peace with your journey into motherhood. Mm-hmm. For me and mm-hmm. for you know the people that I work with as a coach, mm-hmm. a lot of it is about making peace with what actually happened versus what you wanted to have happened. Hmm. Wow. That's important. You know? Yeah. There's a grieving process that goes along with that. Hmm. Yep. Wow. Um, I think there's a lot of grief in motherhood in general, and we don't talk about that either. I know that's not like, that's not even. (laughs) Okay. In our next episode, (laughs) Graham will be talking about grief in motherhood. (laughs) (laughs) Which is, I mean, there's so much of how we thought it was going to be. Right. Right. Mm, Um, Absolutely. Yes. And and it can be so different from that. And sometimes the difference is better, but it's still different. And I think that's something that we need to create some room for, Mm you know? Right. So from recovery, you're really allowing all of that to be there and to notice it and work through it. Yeah. You get yourself back. I mean, this is really is about, I look at it as the second stage Mm -hmm. of healing. You know, that first stage is getting you through the crisis period and Mm -hmm. that is hard work. Mm -hmm. Right. So just like you said, sometimes you might need a break after that. Mm -hmm. You might need some time to reset and just see where you are, get your sea legs back and see where Mm -hmm. you are. Right. Mm -hmm. And then you may be ready to dive back in again and say, no, I want to be all the way healed. I don't want to have this fear and guilt and shame dogging me all the time. I'm ready to to move past that and make my peace and gain a new level of confidence Mm -hmm. in being a healthy mom. Because for like a lot of us, we became mothers. I mean, my birth was even traumatic. My Mm -hmm. birth experience was traumatic. So I became a mother in the midst of trauma, then learned how to do all of the mom stuff learned how to breastfeed in the middle of trauma, learned how to do diapers in the middle of trauma, like all, mm-hmm. everything right. I was learning how to do as a mom mm-hmm. was while I was also trying to like survive this storm of mental mm-hmm. illness that was swirling around me. Right. So then, like you said, the storm passes and there's debris everywhere. And it took me a really long time to trust myself mm-hmm. that I was healthy, that I was healed, that I was strong and whole. Yeah, yeah. Thank you for speaking to that. I think that's a massive part of this. I hear so often people who are like, it's difficult to trust feeling well because it's so upsetting when that other shoe drops and it you feel like you're going back into it or you are having a kind of a slide back into it. Mm-hmm. Oh man, it is really hard to trust wellness. Yes. Yeah. Such an important point. But at some point you have to embrace it, right? You can't yes. live the rest of your life. Yeah terrified of being healthy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, you can, I just don't think it's a great idea. <laughs> right. right. <laughs> I guess yeah, yeah. technically you could do that, but you know, don't. But don't. why? Yeah. Why would you do that? Yeah. And then another thing that it sounds like you're doing here that I see a lot of is that when people do get to a point where they feel better, they're kind of like, okay, I, I'm feeling better. And then they go back to business as usual and stop doing mm-hmm. the self-care stuff. And then slide back in a bit. Can you speak to that? Is that what you see? Does that make any sense? When you say it like that, it makes no sense. (laughs) We all do it. I did it too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All the things that I needed to do to get healthy 
then once I started feeling good, I was like, oh, okay, cool. I don't need to journal anymore. I don't need to go see my therapist. I don't need to take time for myself. I don't need to walk by myself. I don't need to make like all of these things. Mm-hmm. That doesn't make any sense. But right. just logically, it doesn't make any sense. If this is what you need to be healthy, then this is what you need to be healthy, period. Right. Not okay. just in the crisis, but all the time. Right. Mm-hmm. And you may need different things. Like you may not need to see your therapist every day. You may need to see them or every week. You may need to see them every other week or once a month. Mm-hmm. You may not need the same medication or the same amount of medication. You mm-hmm. may like things can change. I'm not saying mm-hmm. you should keep doing the exact same thing for the rest of your life. Sure, but sure. What needs to happen is that you look at the role that that thing played in your life and make sure that something is playing that role. Mm-hmm. So if therapy for you was a way to release your feelings, then you have to have something in your life that allows you to release your feelings. Right. Like, I don't care what it is. You can dance. Right. You can go running. You can have a journal. You mm-hmm. can have a friend's night, like, where you just get together with your girlfriends and mm-hmm. do whatever, you know, I don't care what it is, but something's got to take up that mantle. Something's yeah. got to keep doing that or else things are going to get bad. And so if medication was balancing hormones, well, then you need to be eating and moving and doing other things that will help you naturally do that. Mm-hmm. Whatever the supports were doing, they were doing it for a reason. Right. <laughs> so we right. Get really creative about like how to fill in those blanks. You know, that's the fun part of being alive. Mm-hmm. Then yeah, you get to right. buy your stuff, you know? Right. But something has to do it. Something has to keep taking care of you because you're a human being and you need care. Right. It's amazing how quickly we forget that. I mean, it seems like so, so, so easy to get back into busy, busy lives and taking care of this and that and really forgetting the self-care and then kind of waking up like, oh my gosh, why do I feel so bad? Yeah. And a lot of that I've actually found working with people is that underlying that is the drive to pay back your family Mm. or the drive to prove that you're healthy, right? Mm. You Mm want to prove that everything's perfect. And so you pick back up instead of picking up one thing at a time, Mm -hmm. you pick back up all 25 of the balls and you're juggling them all Mm -hmm. because you're fine now. You're fine. Everything's fine. I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm fine. (laughs) Right. Which makes me wonder with all the, you know, resiliency work that you looked into, how does that, I mean, that doesn't sound... Hmm, I don't know how else to put it, but it doesn't sound like using resilience is to pick up back up all those balls again. Nope. Doesn't work. You can pick up all the balls again. You're going to be miserable. Yeah. You're going to drop balls. Balls are going to break. Things are going to get messed up. Your physical health could suffer. Your mental health could suffer. I mean, you can try it. Go ahead. Pick up all the balls. again. Like (laughs) find out for yourself. (laughs) Yeah. It's not going to work. That's not sustainable. And that Mm -hmm. is not Part of this is like, this is just not how human beings were meant to live. We're social mm-hmm. animals. We're supposed to be doing these things in groups. We're supposed to be doing these things together. You, mama, are not supposed to have 25 balls. Right. That you're like juggling in the air. Your body can't do that. Your brain can't do that. Like that is not what we are supposed to be doing. And so a lot of the resiliency stuff is learning how to prioritize, mm-hmm. making connections with others. So that you can spread out so that you're juggling five balls and somebody else is juggling two balls and somebody else, you know, and learning which balls are important to pick up and when, and that Mm -hmm. you don't have to have all of them all the time. 
Right, 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 right. It just takes off so much pressure. Really. It really does. It yeah. really does. I love that you're speaking to the drive under this. This is like needing to make up and needing to prove that is so real. Oh my gosh, that's so real. It's like those two things cover like everybody, I think, yeah. that get sucked back into these unhelpful habits. So in the work that you're doing, you're really working to build the resilience. You're helping them figure out how to thrive. Maybe this is a good point to kind of go into the program that you've developed, the Recovering from Recovery. What is it? How does it work? Yeah, give us the details. Well, it's a coaching program. It happens online so that, you know, you don't necessarily have to be living near me (laughs) to take advantage of it. And it takes 12 weeks because this is long-term work. Yes. Um, It really is. So every week we focus on a different, what I call the pillars of resiliency. So every week we focus on something a little different and we all would do it as a group. So there's no more than 10 people can go through this at a time because I want to have time to focus on each person individually and small groups I think are important. So there's 10 of us that go through this together and Each week we focus on something different. So we focus on self-care in community. So who in your life can help remind you to take care of yourself, can help support you in taking care of yourself? What does your support network look like? Are you letting people in? You know, all that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. We talk about fears and flexibility. We talk about having realistic expectations. We talk about communication and how to have really hard conversations. So like each week we talk about a different thing. And we all get together online and have, a, it's all, I'm not a therapist, but it's almost like a group therapy session. It's group coaching. So mm-hmm. everybody mm-hmm. is talking all together. Mm-hmm. And what ends up happening is that people build these really amazing friendships. Last mm-hmm. year when we did it, there are just truly beautiful friendships that have come out of it from mm-hmm. people who would probably never have met, you know, mm-hmm. in mm-hmm. real life. I'm doing air quotes again. <laughs> <laughs> And we do things like, you know, how can you hold on to your sense of humor? Mm-hmm. Like we spend a whole week, which makes me really happy. It's always my favorite week. We spend a yeah. whole week looking for silly things and absurd things and figuring out what our humor style is and mm-hmm. how can we integrate humor into our life every single day. So it's not awesome. always like really hard. Oh, I'm going to come on this call and cry in front of Graham. That's you know it happens but that's not you know Mm -hmm. that usually what it is and it's for moms who are out of the crisis period and -hmm. if you're not sure if you are then you're probably not right honestly you know it's for moms who are out of the crisis period who have been sitting here and listening to us going oh my god that's me Mm -hmm. every time we've said something Mm -hmm. then yeah you should probably call me Mm-hmm. Right, <laughs> call Graham. That's yeah, that's who this is for. It, it is like with everything that I do. This is the program I wish had been around three mm-hmm. years ago when I needed it. Right. <laughs> if you like this show, there's a decent chance you'll also enjoy the Shameless Mom Academy. Hi, I'm Sarah Dean, the founder and host of the Shameless Mom Academy. The Shameless Mom Academy is a podcast for moms that centers moms more than it centers your kids. I'm not going to teach you how to make baby food or how to make your three-year-old or 13-year-old stop having tantrums. Instead, I'm going to bring you back to yourself. For the last 20 years, I've been helping moms through growth and transformation. 
Inside the Shameless Mom Academy, I help you identify who you are and who you are becoming. Look, motherhood is hard. It brought me to my knees many times and sometimes still does. Returning to who I am and who I am becoming allows me to decide how to show up in all those sticky motherhood moments, but also in all my other relationships and in all the ways I show up in my various communities. So come check out the Shameless Mom Academy wherever you listen to podcasts. I'm willing to bet you'll leave feeling a little inspired and maybe even completely fired up. And you'll probably laugh a few times because I promise we never take ourselves too seriously over here. With 700 episodes to choose from, you're likely going to find something that sparks and speaks to you inside the Shameless Mom Academy. Hi there, I'm Andrea Owen, self-help author with 19 translations of my books, global keynote speaker, and life coach. My podcast, Make Some Noise, has been serving up self-help in a simple-to-digest way for the last decade. The topics brought in each episode are practical and easy to implement around topics such as working through fears that keep you stuck, different modalities of therapy, managing your negative self-talk, and more. We bring you guest experts, solo episodes, and I even coach listeners on the air around relatable struggles. I also do my best to weave my sense of humor into some heavy topics because let's face it, life can be pretty hard and it's so much better when we can have some fun while walking through our challenges. Whether you're seasoned in personal development or just starting out, Make Some Noise podcast will help you become the best version of yourself, the person you're proud of when you look in the mirror and show up in your life. Simply search Make Some Noise with Andrea Owen wherever you listen to your podcasts. Right. And I love that all of the work that you do and that, you know, have seen from you is all very much heart centered and personal, personalized. You're not just some sort of talking head, like I'm going to help you feel better about yourself and that you have distance from it or something. You've been through it, you understand it, and you can understand other people's experiences that aren't exactly yours and still support them, which is really important. And yeah, I love the passion that you have in the work that you do because it's so real. It's so felt. Yeah. Yeah. This is why I I just can't stop doing it. Right. And almost all of it is something that I needed that I didn't find. And so I try and make it so that if somebody else needs it, it's right. It's funny. I'm just realizing this. When I think about the work that you do, I picture you having like a massive building and all of these things are sort of in there, like housed in there. You have the problem with motherhood. You have the motherhood. The mom center. uh, You have the mom center. It's sort of like in my mind, this massive building. But what you've done is that it's not a physical location. It's a place where everybody can come right from the comfort of their home. I Uh, really want it to be a physical location. Oh, I know. I know. That would be amazing. That is my. That's, that's on my list too. That's like my twenty year from now. <laughs> right, right, yes. Place. Yeah, but yeah. I mean, I think that's the great thing about the internet. Like, really, when I was really, really sick, there are two women who saved my life, Kelly and Gail, and I met both of them online. Mm-hmm. I still have not seen Gail face to face beyond a computer screen. She lives in Kentucky. I don't. And she literally, I'm not kidding you. This is not exaggeration or hyperbole. I wouldn't be here without the two of them. So I think the internet is immensely powerful. Sure. We can do all of this work. You know, somebody's listening to us right now who Mm -hmm. needed to hear something that we said. Right. 
So yeah, I love that everything's living online. I love that we get to all meet together online. Mm -hmm. I love because we use Zoom, which is an online video application. I, we get to see everybody's faces. Mm -hmm. It's hilarious. And then, you right. know, there's some random kid running through the background. <laughs> right. <laughs> and there's temper tantrums right. happening and it's, you know, it's wonderful. It's life. Yeah. That's awesome. So can you give me like a little bit of a rundown? You have the mom center. Mm -hmm. You have the problem with motherhood.com, mm -hmm. which is where recovering from recovery lives. Yep. You can reach everything from the problem with motherhood, the website where you can, it's the hub website. It's the building, Kat. It's the building. It's the building. That is the building. The, yeah, that's the <laughs> Your building. virtual building. Everything <laughs> lives in there, right? Yeah. You yeah. can find all of this stuff. Mm -hmm. In terms of the process that you've seen moms go through and what they're able to get to after going through this process with you, what have you seen? Oh my goodness. Okay. Now you're going to make me cry. Okay. Let's cry. <laughs> it's amazing. I've seen moms who described themselves as broken, mm. that there was a piece of them that was broken that would never heal. Right. And right. then it's 12 weeks later and they are sobbing and saying that they feel powerful mm -hmm. and they feel like they are in control. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, well, now I'm done. I'm just going to go sit down on this right. couch. <laughs> like, I'm, yeah, you know, it's because we do it together. Mm -hmm. Right. You get to really know them too. Yeah. It's because we all do this together. And it's really deep work. I mean, mm -hmm. we end up laughing ridiculously at least once a week, but it is really deep work. So it's moms come out of it on the other side, having forgiven themselves, having made peace with themselves, having taken back control of their lives where they are in the driver's seat now of their mm -hmm. lives. Mm -hmm. And it's just beautiful. Yeah. Honestly, like it's just, yeah, I get off that call every week and I'm like, this is the best job ever. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Nobody has a better job than this. The power of healing is amazing to witness and oh. to be a part of. It's phenomenal. It sounds like you hold really beautiful and powerful space with people. And I think too, because of your style, you're not like, I'm the expert and I'm going to help <laughs> you. And this is yeah. how you're going to, I mean, you really are you know, you're yourself all the time, which I love and really meeting people where they are, which is what they need. And it's just it sounds so powerful. I tell them all the time, I'm like, look guys, I'm not coming down the mountain with like tablets telling you how to live your life. Like, right. I, it's not me at all. I am maybe three or four steps ahead of you on the journey. And so I can say like, Hey, there's a boulder right there. Right. Right. Like there's a river right there. You guys mm -hmm. like watch out. There's a river because I just crossed it. Right, 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 right. Not because I'm five miles ahead of you, but because like I'm still standing there soaking wet going, you guys, there's a river. <laughs> right, so, right. That's, you know, we're all in this together. Yeah. 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 That's beautiful. Thank you, Graham, for sharing with us. And what I'm going to do is in the show notes for sure, put the recovering from recovery link. It's on the problem with motherhood website. So people can find that. And when is this launching? When can people join well, this? Our enrollment begins August 1st. Okay, great. Um, yeah. So you can hop on the wait list. You know, you can go right to the website and you can hop on the wait list and the wait list is going to be able to enroll first. And there's only 10 spots. 
So Oh boy. All right. Yeah, you should probably grab that. Like just grab the wait list. Just do that. <laughs> uh, yeah, because I mean, every episode here gets thousands of listeners. So I think it's wise to, if this is for you, to jump on that. And also, I'm assuming that if and when this program happens again, that will be listed. Yeah, it's going to happen every year, at least once a year. I would love to, once I get a little more settled and get my kids both in school full time, um, <laughs> I would love to run it twice a year. So yeah, it, awesome. it's, going, it's not going anywhere. It's okay. Thing. It's not going anywhere. Okay. Awesome. Awesome. Well, even if for those of you who want to jump on this, please go grab that. If you can't right now, I really hope, and I'm sure that some of the things that Graham has talked about has resonated for everyone. And certainly there are many ways of recovering, but if you can hop on this with Graham, do that. Oh, thank you so much for having me. This has been Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. yeah. I'm glad to have you here and thank you so much for your time and your passion. Oh, yay. Okay. I'm not going to cry. I'm not going to cry. <laughs> you can cry. Not going to cry. Not going to cry. <laughs> Thanks, Graham. <laughs> thank you. I really hope this idea resonates for you all. It is so important and it is a big, big piece of continued recovery. And I just love how Graham put this all together, her perspective on things, her passion to help moms, and also just, you know, the us really needing to extend the conversation past this really the most intense part of recovery and into our lives. How do we continue the self-care? How do we continue to keep ourselves centered while we raise people. So if you'd like to connect with Graham and look into the Recovering from Recovery program, go to theproblemwithmotherhood.com, look for Recovering from Recovery. You can also find Graham on Facebook, Graham Seabrook, Twitter at Postpartum Mama, or Instagram at Graham the PPM. As usual, please connect with us on the Mom and Mind podcast. Go to our Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter, or you can connect with us in our Mom and Mind Connection Facebook group, where we continue to engage in conversation about perinatal mental health and wellness. Thank you so much for being with us. Please share this podcast with anyone who could benefit from it. We've got to spread the word and get mamas the help that they need. Thank you so much for listening. Until next time. By joining us today, you are part of the growing community of people who are aware and concerned for mothers and families during this beautiful and sometimes very difficult time of life. If you or someone you know is having a hard time, help is available. You can feel better. Please look for resources for help at momandmind.com. Together, we can support moms and families so that no one has to deal with this alone. Thank you for listening and being a part of the Mom and Mind community. Margaret. And I'm Amy. And together we host the podcast, What Fresh Hell? Laughing in the Face of Motherhood. Margaret, I would say you're sort of a where are my keys kind of mom. Correct. Sometimes a where are my kids kind of mom. (laughs) Well, you're Amy more of a we were supposed to leave 35 seconds ago, mom. I mean, touche. In each episode of What Fresh Hell, we come at a topic from our usually completely opposite perspectives. I bring the research. And I bring kind of the gimlet eye. Like, is that research really going to work, people? 
And almost 10 million downloads later, we're still laughing. We also talk to experts in the parenting field, plus parents with stories we can all learn from. We make each other laugh, we challenge each other's assumptions, and we have what we think is the best parenting community on the internet. Check out What Fresh Hell? Laughing in the Face of Motherhood wherever you listen to podcasts.